Hello, my name is Rafael Cornejo. And uh, my name is Christian Sanchez. And today we're going to be talking about racism, institutional racism, and and we're going to jump right into it. Um, so um, we want to talk about the recent event that just happened, I think, yesterday, right, Christian? The I'm pretty sure it was yesterday. Not today, probably. I think it was today. So what, what's, your, what's your opinion on it? Um. Honestly, I I didn't I didn't even know they were gonna do it today, or I mean, I guess yesterday. Um. It was, it was honestly kind of hilarious. You'd be finding memes uh, about it, like, uh, their lawyer literally talking about aliens inhabiting Derek's body. It's it's honestly silly. Yeah, I was watch. I saw a small clip because I, uh, just like you, I didn't even know that um, that they were doing the the court appearance already. And honestly, I felt like at that point where the when the when when he mentioned the space aliens, I was like, I can't believe he's actually saying that. Like at that point, you just know that he he lost. He literally lost the case. Yeah. How can you say? That aliens inhabited the body of of Chauvin, and that led him to killing George Floyd. Like that obviously makes no sense whatsoever. And I can't believe, like somebody like him, I'm pretty sure he's supposed to be a professional, and yeah. saying these things just makes him seem like a a fool, a complete joke. It, it kind of, it, honestly, I think he was just desperate at that point to like defend himself from you know. But I feel like a professional lawyer would know when to stop. Like, if he knows he just lost the case, he'll just, like, literally give the word to, like, you know, the opposing... I don't know how... I don't know how courts work, I'm gonna be honest, but I'm pretty sure somebody would be professional would not literally be saying those things. Yeah. So, uh, that obviously... I feel like that proves the point that George the Chauvin actually... Like, his kill was... It was intended. It was not like, oh, he went too far. Like, many um, news agencies are reporting it. That's like, I'm not sure if, I don't know if it was Fox, but some, I know I've read that some news agencies were just saying, oh, no, he just went too far. He didn't really mean to kill him. When it's obvious in the video that he obviously forced himself on, like, onto his neck and didn't want to remove his, his knee from it. Obviously, it and it wasn't just his arm just forcing onto his neck and everything, and specifically on the neck, actually. Um, but I'm pretty sure it was his knee, like, pour, putting all of his body weight just onto that single point. Right, right. Obviously, um, but I mean, it's just sad to try to defend somebody by saying these slides. Honestly, it's disappointing. And, and I'm they, glad... they didn't have to take drastic measures too because all he really did is just use a counterfeit dollar. I mean, that's 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 honestly really dumb. Right, right. It was not like a big deal. It was like a small thing. They should have like literally like literally not even taken the jail. They could have fixed the problem right there where they would have like, you know, be like, all right, just pay with real cash or something like that, right? Should have been like a minor problem that should have been fixed in like 
literally a couple of seconds. But he decided to take it too far by literally treating his man as it was like a big ass criminal. My mind language. Yeah. So I, in a way, I'm glad that the that the the dude. The dude that was taking his case said this. The lawyer? The lawyer. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And he said, was, was that the lawyer? That was not like um, a defendant or... That was the actual lawyer? Uh, probably. I haven't done much research on it myself, honestly. Um, because, like, because I'm pretty sure... Like, I, how I was saying earlier, how can a lawyer be saying these things? Like, that would not be professional inside. So I was thinking maybe he's just like a defendant. Like, somebody else, like like a witness or something saying these things. But if it was the lawyer, if it was the lawyer, if he said this, I'm glad he said it. So, you know, Chauvin deserves the full punishment of the law. Anyways, going back to this, it just shows how, how police abuse their power. Because I feel like at this point, it's just like institutional racism. Because this is not the only case that has happened. Yeah, there are like several videos out there. Like ever since the uh, the death of George Floyd, you'd find videos popping up left and right on like social media of just um, black black people in general just being abused by police. Right, people that some people that still go unnamed. Maybe some people, I mean, obviously, they didn't get killed, but are still being literally harmed by cops. Don't yeah, really care about it. And it's not something new. I remember back in 2016, who I forgot who, whose death. I, Michael Brown, right? Was it Michael Brown back back in 2016? Uh, let me check. Uh, 2014, actually, Michael Brown Jr., an 18-year-old black man, was fatally shot by 28-year-old white Ferguson police. Officer Darren Wilson in the city of uh, Ferguson, Missouri, a suburb of St. Louis. Right. See, so that's like another case of a of a police officer abusing his power and shooting an unarmed black person and then just getting kind of away with it. So it's not it's not like the George Floyd is not a separate case, It's not like a new case. That it's by itself. Like we've seen this happen multiple times, and um, others have also been happening, but have not really gained much attention. So at this point, you start to believe like that this is all just literally inside the institution. That just it's like rooted in just racism, rooted in the institution. Yeah, because I mean, there's also videos out there of, um. Uh, white criminals, literal murderers, uh, being treated like babies, being pampered uh, after being arrested and everything. There's this uh, um, clip I've seen like like about three times on uh, social media of a guy uh, literally being treated to his wounds and being, uh, I mean, given uh, cold water uh, by police officers. But then, I mean, you'd see, like, uh, black people literally just being beaten on the streets. And just for, like, maybe some just simple crimes or just crimes not even committed at all. Yeah. Truly and they sad. wouldn't even be defending themselves or fighting back. They're just taking it. And, eh, 
Honestly, heartbreaking. Which kind of brings me back to what, like, um, kind of brings me back to what Rankin, not Rankin, Manikin says about how the black body is just violated. That, you know, white people are, they fear, they just fear the black people. And they kind of see the, just see black people as the, a threat to their safety. And they just mm-hmm. like, kind of like she says that they react unconsciously or just kind of just, you know, to protect themselves by harming something that's not even like a threat in the first place, which is hard to like comprehend. But like, if you think about it, as you, as like, as you know, have you seen what is happening with cops? Like, I don't know. I guess that kind of just falls into like the psychological because you don't you don't really know why they are acting the way they are. Why we are noticing this like so much with police officers. Like why do they have to attack unarmed black men for no reason? Mm. So I, I, I don't really understand her quote that well but you, I can kind of see it what she's trying to mean and I'm kind of applying it to police officers being afraid of I guess just black people thinking they're criminals and thinking that their life is in danger and they just be like well I did it in self defense because you know I feel like he was a harm to people around it's just like a stupid excuse that kind of just goes you know it's just ignored by literally the court by the institution they'd be like oh yeah well it seems like he was actually you know making everybody unsafe even though that wasn't even true in the first place it just feels like that you know I don't know yeah. if, you're to, if you're understanding what I'm trying to say but that's how I interpreted what Mena King was trying to say about by violating the black body and how white people feel the need to react towards it towards black people because they feel threatened. So this also brings me so to the point where, because you know how I was saying that um, these institutions are racist. So do you feel like they are, the, these institutions are biased? They just say bias? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, what, like what I said earlier, I mean, uh, I'm pretty sure, yeah, for the most part. Because um, there's, again, there's just so many videos, footage out there of just, um, well, not just uh, police, but like other places, just, uh, can't really explain it right now. Yeah. Got to think of uh, my choice of words real, real quick. Um, pretty much, I mean, people of color in general are—they're just not given the same privileges as white people. Um, because someone would give you like a simple look, and you're like, "Oh wow, I, I probably won't like this guy because uh, they're this specific race." Oh, this guy's my kind of race. Okay, uh, I can get along with them. Right. Right. Which also brings me to the point of what have pe- how, what have people been doing to 
basically fight this to basically get the message across to people to know about about what's happening here in America. What's the the racial trauma that's been going on? And we've seen it in music with Kendrick Lamar, uh, J. Cole, and I forgot the other one. Um, uh, yeah, Georgia Smith. Um, I, that's actually kind of something that I wanted to bring up. Uh, Georgia Smith in 2018 uh, uh, released a song called Blue Lights. Um, to give you a, a pretty much a brief summary of what the song is about, uh, blue lights are actually considered as uh, or depicted as uh, police sirens. And uh, throughout the whole song is just talking about you having to like run away and everything and she wishes that they were fairy lights which you know fairies are associated with like good things just happier stuff but um uh again throughout the whole song it's just you you she keeps mentioning like you should probably run away when you once you hear them which uh which pretty much means you, you should probably run away uh from the cops before they get to you even though you haven't done anything at all. Oh, that's interesting to know because when I I remember when I heard that song, I kind of interpreted it a different way. I thought that what she was trying to was kind of like create an alt like alternative, like what would you say, like an alternative, like world, kind of like making it like a world where cops is you know they're good guys, they're. You know, they're just like I, I like by the fairy light. I just feel like she was just trying to like imagine a world where there was peace. You know, where cops were not actually hurting. Like, yeah, they were actually like nice people. So like, I kind of like I thought she was trying to do that. Like trying. Yeah, to- because I mean, mm-hmm. cops are literally supposed to serve the people, not like literally themselves. Right. Right. Yeah, I know that's that's literally the point of cops. But as we've seen, that's not the well, that's not the majority of the cases. So yeah. I thought she was just trying to say, like, oh, this would be how a perfect world would be if police, you know, they were nice people. I, I just thought she was trying to create an alternative world, like, where she was kind of escaping reality. Just kind of closing, close, trying to, like, not focus, well, at the same time, focus on what's going on right now, but at the same time, not focus on the negative side, right? Mm-hmm. That's how I kind of like view the song. I didn't really understand it that well. Kind of interpreted differently, but I feel like yours makes more, more sense. Obviously, um, let's see what else. Oh yeah, care to tell us about um, Kendrick Lamar swimming pools? Because remember we were talking about that? Mm -hmm. I want to get your opinion on that song. Um, see, not really have uh, much of an opinion, but um, mostly, I mean, I've listened to the song like about three times. Um, I mean, I'm I'm kind of not much of a big fan of it, uh, but mostly the message I got from it is that uh, Kendrick was kind of just Throughout his childhood, his life, he's just been surrounded by uh, alcohol in general. 
Yeah, hence why swimming pools full of alcohol and everything. And yeah, uh, he was just never. It's it's not even a song about like trying to recover from like uh, the the damage he suffered from it. It's actually him just being addicted to it throughout the whole song. Do you think this song has a connection to racial trauma, not just like alcohol abusing, or just because you know, not just like being based off. Just you know, just being off having a alcoholic problem. I what is like? Do you see a connection between that and racial trauma, or do you think he's just it's just a song that's just talking about abusing alcohol? That's what I'm trying to get across. I'm just saying, like, do you think it has the message of racial trauma? Because from what I understood at the beginning of the song, he was talking about how his grandpa uh, drank alcohol, how some people drank alcohol to forget stuff, and how other people drank alcohol to just fit in. And that's how his problem started. He was drinking alcohol because he also wanted to he wanted to fit in in that that group of with those groups of people who were drinking alcohol he wasn't doing it because he wanted to forget things um well initially he he didn't do it because of that or because he liked alcohol he did it because he wanted to fit in so like how when i was listening to this song i was like is there like any connection between racial trauma or not so what do you think I mean, if you don't know the, if you don't know how to answer this question, we could just jump in into another song or just another work if you want. Um, let's see, I probably have one more. Yeah, uh, we could probably talk about um. Uh, Citizen American Lyric, uh, part three. Yeah. Because, um, there's several portions in there that keep mentioning that, um, uh, people of color aren't, aren't even considered human sometimes. A specific, uh, and like a huge case of that is Latinos, some immigrants, etc., um, being called aliens. And uh, it's, I mean, it's pretty shameful for the people who keep calling them that because uh, they're, they're pretty much the same race. They're just from a different country. What do you mean? Like, like Mexican-Americans calling Mexican or like any other? Specifically just people here in our country right now in America that because you, oh. you've already heard of the term illegal alien. Right, right. Yeah. But, I mean, 
we all we already associate the word alien with like well you know aliens people out of this world not people outside a border well yeah i'm pretty sure the initial definition alien just meant well i'm pretty sure the because i've i think i if i'm not wrong i think i've read history books where they already mentioned the word alien without like relating it to like extraterrestrial life right Mm. but like now at this point where we mainly associate it more with extraterrestrial life it just seems more like more as an insult right kind of like those people being out of this world which is pretty shameful I guess and you know actually I kind of want to say something about this because I've seen how a lot of first Mexican Americans kind of like don't see Mex like Mexican immigrants as kind of equals. Like they kind of treat them back, call them like illegal illegals, wetbacks coming to this country illegally. When their parents before them, they're like, they did the same thing, right? But yeah, they, like, they pretty much did the same thing. I mean, and most of the time they did it for their own children. Right, so I don't really understand why these people are insulting them. Just because, I mean, they were born here, they didn't have to go through the struggle, but that doesn't give them the right to, you know, treat people like this, call them out, when, you know, it just, it seems like they're forgetting how their parents went, how their parents had to go through the same um, difficulties to actually have them here, like to have them have uh, be born here. So it's pretty mm-hmm. sad to see this happen because I've seen this happen in my family, family members where my cousins sometimes are racist to like cousins that have um, came from Mexico illegally. And they're like kind of just like they mock them how they can't go to Mexico because they're illegal and how they they go over there like legally and have fun and stuff, which is kind of sad to just flex on them like that. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that's something I just wanted to say. Mm. So, like, has anything like that happened to you, like, similar to, like, my, kind of like my example? Have you noticed that? Um. As far as that, it's, I mean, something similar to that happening to me, not at all, really. Um, I mean, probably the closest thing, which might not even be close, not even that close, or I probably wouldn't even have to mention it at all. But um, I have a cousin that's it wasn't born in the U.S., and we kind of just worried for him and everything because he probably just be deported. So, right. Because uh, about, I want to say five years ago, uh, he's just been acting poorly and everything. Uh, it, it's get, it's gotten to the point where, okay, we actually have to be concerned for him because if he does like one small slip up, it could, well, we probably won't be able to see him often anymore. All right. So this is kind of, this like it's exactly what I guess Gloria Ansudua is trying to say when she says that 
the Latinos are just coming back because the land is calling for them again. They're coming mm. back to like the, I guess what you would say, the promised land. Because, I mean, obviously, if, you know, how, if, you know, in like the history books, it explains how this used to be like Mexican property. And now the land is calling back for the Mexicans again. And so she's just saying that it's natural, right? That people are coming back to claim what's theirs to make a, a living that benefits them, even though, like, at first they left the homeland, now the homeland's calling them back. Like, they feel like they need to go back and have a better life going back to the homeland. So, I guess you could say, like, the promised land. Because how I could see it and how I think that was the main key that Gloria and Duo was trying to say. Yeah, because, I mean, uh, at the end of the day, everyone... Everyone who comes over to America, they're all trying to achieve the American dream and everything. That's that's the main thing they're trying to do, and that's why they want to keep coming. Um, right? It's not yeah. Like, it's not just Mexican Americans. Like America, yeah. it's literally the land of opportunity for everyone. You just have to take advantage of that, you know, and create a better life. Honestly, I feel like there shouldn't be any borders, but yeah. you know, sadly, there are. You know, what could you do about them? Well, I think this concludes our topic on racism. It was not just racism, right? Kind of, we kind of covered... No, it kind of was. It was racism. And we also covered institutional racism with over-policing and police brutality. And, yeah, I think we covered pretty much every topic. So I think this concludes our talk. Uh, Thank you for listening. And uh, it was great talking to you. To you, too. All right. Goodbye.